If you uh, have a Bible tonight, um, I'd like to turn your attention to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. I'd like to, uh, I asked one of our, you know, kind of like a student teacher, helper, to, um, I even offered a tip, which was refused. And, uh, but anyway, I asked him to make a copy of a plaque that we have at the academy, and it says, teaching, teaching, not in it for the income in it for the outcome. And I like that. I like that. No extra charge for that. I thought I'd drop that on you. I thought you might like that. But, uh, you know, it's, some people are, it's all about the money with some people. And, uh, but there are those that, uh, instead of the income, that's, more about the outcome. All about the outcome. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. And verse 10. Paul, in giving some very stern teaching and admonition, in verse 10 he says, after telling them, not to company with fornicators. He said, yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world or with the covetous or extortioners or with idolaters. For then must ye needs go out of the world. I'd like to minister tonight on must needs go out of the world. Must needs go out of the world. Everybody said, I got to get out of here. <laughs> All right, you can be seated. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. All right. Good to be in church with all of you. It was a rarity last week that I did not come. And uh, I, I missed y'all. I really did. So here I am. And uh, from the Bible, I would like to um, turn your attention to Philippians 1 and 27. Philippians 1 and 27. Jesus told his disciples on a particular day that uh, they, were, they were actually headed to Jerusalem. And in heading to Jerusalem, they found themselves kind of being snubbed by some people. And it was because those people had one thing in mind and Jesus had another thing in mind. You know, it's best if we learn to get in harmony with the Lord. 
getting stepped, getting ranked with the way he does things, the way he's thinking, where he's going, and what all he's doing. And uh, when it was discerned among the group that was with the Lord Jesus Christ and that these people didn't want anything to do with Jesus because they saw that he wasn't going to be in their city, in their area, but had, he was going in a completely different place. And uh, so the disciples, they, they got riled up. And they said, well, they said, would you like us to call down fire from heaven like Elijah did on those folks? And Jesus said, you know not what manner of spirit you are of. You know, that's... It's not my style. It, it, not the way we do it. Not the way we act. Not the, not the attitude that we're to be having. In Philippians 1 and 27, he said, Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. Conversation is your style of living. It's your lifestyle. It's not really used for verbal there, okay? Uh, not saying it couldn't be used that way, but in actuality, in subject matter, it's talking about your lifestyle, your style of living. And he, he says here, only let your style of living, your lifestyle, be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. In other words, live in such a way that you are a credit to the message of Christ. Everybody said amen. amen. And he said, don't let there be anything in your conduct that would be in opposition to this gospel that wouldn't properly be in place, be attractive, be glorifying the Lord of glory. You want to you wanna have a lifestyle that reflects well on your God and on His message and on his church. And uh, I'm going to give you another verse found in the book of Romans. The book of Romans. Chapter 16, which is the very last chapter of Romans. And uh, I'd like to read verse 2. And I think I'll begin with verse 1. He, Paul said in, in teaching to the, to the congregation at Rome that they had birthed. The church had been coming out from Jerusalem. The streams thereof, that river of God was making people glad. And it was reaching people. And that's why you have Romans to Revelation. Because everywhere the church went, they influenced people and 
the way they did things, it reflected well. And uh, so here he said, I commend unto you Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant of the church, which is at Semeranchera, that ye receive her in the Lord as becometh saints. There's an expectation when you're baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. When you get, and sometimes my wife will say, they must not have got the Holy Ghost I got. <laughs> it's just, wow. Some things that you find yourself confronted with. Uh, you know, the people that got the Holy Ghost that I got, they don't lie. They don't cuss. They don't cheat and steal. There's been a change in their nature. They've been born again. God's given them a second chance. First time, messed it all up. Just all wrong. Plus that nature, that nature, that sinful nature. If you lived in a glass bubble, some kind of a sterilized environment, and, uh, and you lived in that, and there was no germs, no bacteria, no kind of microbes, nothing wiggle worms floating around in there. You'd still have to be born again. Jesus said you must be born again off water. That means you must be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. And that's for the remission or the full pardon and forgiveness of all of your sins. That's what that's for. And then you have to be born again of the Spirit. Notice it, it said born again of water. You can, you, can, uh, you can use any water. We've had people baptized in muddy ditches. As long as we could get them all the way under the water. You know, I, when, when we baptize... At the mother church, I'm, I'm standing there looking right over. And uh, I want everything buried. Everything. We're burying that old person. And, we're, and then I had to tell one of our young men in training, I said, man, you got you to gotta get a little smoother on your baptism. I said, because, you know, when you plant them, brother, whoo, you plant them. I said, you're scaring some of them folks. You know, you know, some folks aren't too comfortable going back over anyway. And, uh, and some people don't like water, period. And uh, so I said, you got to make that a little bit more comforting when you do that, a little more reassuring. You know, I'm batting 1,000, 45 years and going on baptizing people, and I brought everyone up that I put down. I, haven't had, I didn't drown anybody. Only thing I drowned was that old nature. When you come up, <laughs> when you come up out of the water, then you're a, a new person, a new creation in Christ Jesus. You're born again of water. Whether it's muddy water or crystal clear water or lake water or, you know, right there in the tank water, water in any other part of the country or the world. Salt water, fresh water, brackish water. Any water will do. 
I like Fiji myself. I think I should have to go there to get some, but it's too long of a flight, I think. But anyway, any water will do. But you also have to be born again of the Spirit. The Spirit. That, that's a definite article. That's, that's very specific. Not just any Spirit's going to do. And some people, unfortunately, contact a foreign spirit. And they, you know, I guess for fun's sake, maybe, or lighthearted sake, maybe is a better way to say it. Some people just weird, <laughs> odd. I want, I, I like when the Bible said, and I like it all, but I like the way it said it. In Acts chapter 2, it said, when the day of Pentecost, the 50th day after the Passover. Passover's coming up right now. And uh, pretty much runs concurrent, concurrent with uh, uh, Easter, which kind of made me laugh because I told a Jewish man today, and I wanted to witness to him, but he ran away from me. He did. He, just, he suddenly decided he had to go. But he showed me he has a he's a chiropractor, and he has a skeleton in his office and he has a skeleton sitting on the chair and he he decorates it on whatever particular thing has come around well now it's easter and it's passover so he's got matzah box of matzah in one hand of the and the other one has an easter basket okay so i he said something about good friday and i said i got to tell you doc i said to the church there, there's no such thing as Good Friday, okay? If you go three days, and there's 24 hours to a day, so 72 hours, you go back from the first day of the week when he rose again from the dead, you're on Thursday. And my wife doesn't mind that. She calls it Holy Thursday because we get a day off from school. <laughs> she said, I'll take any day I can get. <laughs> I think Sister Williams and a few others will too. <laughs> Yeah, now the kids, they want to be in school. They just love school. They jump up and down. They call me. Why are we off? I don't want to be off. Yeah. Carl will be the first one to call. Hey, Pastor, why don't we have school today? In between snores. But anyway, anyway, not just any spirit will do, church family. I, I can give you the Bible word for it. Holy Spirit. Now, you know, some people got a spirit, but ain't, it ain't holy. It is not holy. And so when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they, well, the number being about 120, the Bible said, and named some of them, the apostles, Mary, the mother of Jesus, the other devout women and men. They were all with one accord. One accord. That's not a car. You with me, Tim? One accord. You got, a, you got quite a poker face going on there. <laughs> and we ain't playing poker. <laughs> one accord. That means they, it, you know, one preacher used to say when the service was over, he'd say, all minds relieved before he dismissed service. He'd always say that. Well, well, all minds were together in that upper room. And, and they, they, they weren't entertaining Wrong spirits. They'd gotten rid of Judas Iscariot. 
And when God moves some things out, you got to remember, God doesn't see things like y'all see things. God doesn't evaluate things the way you evaluate. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. The heavens are above the earth. That's how high above he is and even higher. But just to give you a little inkling. So, a little culling, a little clearing out. God very often is pleased with that. A little weeding out. And it can look to you bleak. It can look to you thin. But God don't see it that way. And you know, we want to want to start seeing things from God's point of view. We want to learn. I think we ministered the other night on the Bible said six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. And, uh, but you know, I kind of got riled up and wanted to preach about seven things that God loves. And uh, I uh, had one young lady that that said, "I I don't want to. I don't want to be with that guy anymore. I don't want to be dating that guy anymore." Said, but I found out I I don't love some of the things. You know, I don't love those things. I asked Kesey if she knew what Tom's favorite color was. She's real quick. Let me know. She knew his favorite color. I wore Brother uh, Lewis's favorite color tonight. I wore my pink tie. <laughs> he finally admitted when I brought my wife's pink jacket and put my tie in front of it that this isn't pink. Finally got him. He, he admitted he wears glasses, so, you know. Maybe he didn't have them on when y'all got me my tie, but I like my tie. I'm probably going to wear it out. But uh, we want to get one mind and one accord. We really do. And they were all with one mind and one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind that filled all the house where they were sitting. All the house. 120 people. Wasn't a lot of people. Matter of fact, you know, it's really, really something when you think about your Lord. And I know you think about him, right? Good. Because, you know, he's... <laughs> He's, he's opening blind eyes like lightning, you know. He is raising the dead. He's stopping funeral possessions and raising the dead. Right in the middle of town. You talk about a 20-minute trip becoming 45 minutes, friend. Jesus tied the whole thing up. Everybody wanted to know what was going on when that young man sat up and suddenly, and all of a sudden the undertaker wasn't needed anymore. I told a man the other day, he said, what, what do you do? I'm gassing the truck up. He said, what do you do? I said, he said, you, you a truck driver? I said, I said, no, I said, I'm a, I'm a preacher. He goes, oh, he says, okay, okay. And so he didn't want to talk anymore. And he's pumping his on the other side of the tank. So I whipped the invitation out of the inside of the car. And I, I said, here, here's what I am. And here's an invitation to our church. 
And uh, he was pretty much about ready to go, kind of like the doctor was today. He's about ready to leave about that time, you know. But uh, we have to let people know who we are and what we're about because people can get confused. People get stereotypes in their mind. And uh, here we got, we got folks in one mind, in one accord, in one place. There comes a sound from heaven. Rushing mighty wind fills all the house where they're sitting. And, and they're there to worship the one that they were counting on for everything. And how sad their communications were for a little while because they weren't looking at things the way he looks at things. And they're walking around with their lower lip on the ground. Look like Jamie vacuuming the whole place. And, and he, he appears there. And they're so down in the dumps about whatever that, in this case, the whatever was Jesus. And they're, they didn't recognize him. You sure you know about him? You sure you're, you're getting close to him? You're learning about him. And so he said, well, what, what's going on? He said, why are y'all so obviously down in the mouth? And they said, are you a stranger around here? What's wrong with you? Don't you know that they crucified Jesus the Christ? Isn't that ironic? He was standing right there in front of them, and they didn't recognize him, and they're talking about him being dead. And he said, I he could have easily said, I told you, three days, and I'm coming out of there. Three days, I'm, I'm going to, I have power to lay my life down, and, and nobody got power to take it from me, but I got power to give it. And that's why he prayed in the garden and said, not my will, the flesh to the spirit, not my will, but thy will be done. I got to get this flesh under subjection. Got to get it under subjection. And uh, friend, he was, this is who they're there to worship. This is the, who they're, you know, they finally woke up and their hearts burned within them. And uh, they headed to the upper room with the, about 120. And, and now they're experiencing the gift of the Holy Ghost. And they're, they're experiencing because he gave his flesh on the cross to purchase that gift. To pour out his spirit. Think about who they were worshiping, who you worship. Think about all the things that he did and was doing. 